Well, good morning again, Influence Church. How you doing? I just gave you a little bit of a wake-up call, didn't I? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you. Say, let's stand. The end of the video said, you must stand, so I thought that was very appropriate. <laughs> You'll get to it in just a minute. That's kind of a down the trail. But uh, man, it's so good to be here this morning. So awesome to serve under Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy, senior pastors. And uh, I just want to honor them. You know, we went four days uh, out to, like I said, to a staff retreat. And can I just say to you, your senior pastors, our senior pastors, they are amazing. Listen to me. It's not easy to do. They brought in Corey Stark, came, and he poured into us. And that is, there's a freedom in that. Whenever they're, they just trust God to lead them and to guide them and to, to direct them, and they do things like this, and those mantles are passed down to you all coming in as the congregation. And I really, we were sitting there the night we were doing the affirmation, and I mean, all of us are crying, and, and I really felt the Spirit of God saying this congregation is taking strides. See, we were just there maybe as a few, uh, a, a small group of us, but representing us, amen? And we are taking strides, and uh, just what God was doing there was amazing, and um, I know it's going to continue to show itself and for the Spirit of God to reveal to us even more as we go through the days to come and uh, being prepared to stand before God as his bride. Amen? Amen. And so uh, what, a, what an amazing day. It's been amazing so far, and I know God has got some amazing things in store for each and of you. Have you come this morning expecting? Have you come this morning expecting? You know, let me see your hands if you're expecting God to do something in, in our midst. Because he said if we would draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And, uh, you know, we are in this Invisible War series. And I truly feel that uh, today this message about family, man, it just, it hit close to me. You know, we're, uh, Eric and I are raising kids. And, but even more so, we're part of the family of God. And so I was really concerned. I was like, Lord, you know, I just, you know, this is the family. And I don't want, you know, just the moms and dads to be touched and blessed God. Like, I want all of your people. And God said, listen, trust my spirit. You're all family. This is going to touch the single person. This is going to touch the, the high school person. So if you're here this morning, don't tune yourselves out. God's got a word for you. And he's going to touch all of us, from the youngest to the, to the singles to the married with kids, all of that thing. We're all part of the family of God. And he wants to touch his kids today. And so we're in this place. And he's going to do it. So uh, he's going to take... Uh, my weaknesses and make them strong. He's going to take my inadequacies and strengthen them uh, because he's the spirit of God and that's what he does. Your ears are going to hear what they need to hear today. And so let's, uh, you know, we were sitting there at the staff retreat and as, as the sun was coming up over the horizon, I, I was looking at a palm tree and um, I was just, you know, kind of praying and just, you know, just soaking in God's presence, you know, just like we were there and, you know, uh, really just in a sense like Pastor Phil said to us weeks before, he said, I really want this staff retreat to be that we focus on, on worship, we focus on prayer. And that, I mean, amazing as it was, he felt the Spirit of God grabbing us church and saying, we need to focus on worship, we need to focus on prayer. And of course, sitting there doing that, and I noticed the palm tree that was out in the yard as the sun was coming up over, and I just felt God saying, my creation is not confused. And as I heard the birds singing in the background, all of a sudden, my mind kind of flipped into this cartoon. And I don't know what it was. Maybe you've seen it. But it's a cartoon. And the, and the cartoon that I had remembered was these, these trees. And they were kind of bent over. And they were acting like animals. And just all this, just, you know, this silly stuff going on. And God said, my creation is not confused. It worships me. And it's, be cre it's been created to do that. And the tree's not out there trying to be like a bird. It's worshiping me as being a tree. And the bird is worshiping me in its song because I've created it to sing to me. And I just was in awe of God. And I'm like, God, you are so amazing. And he said, but, but 
humans have an identity crisis. We have that in America today. It's plugging our society, an identity crisis, you know, gender identity and all of these things. But, you know, the thing about that is when you look at the world, the problem is the church. And the church t- today has an identity crisis. We have an identity crisis. And here's what I'm saying by that is we've got so focused, we've been so focused on our identity that we've forgotten our responsibility. Hear that this morning. We've got so focused on our identity, look like this, act like this, sing like this, do this, march like this, all of that stuff. But we've forgotten our first responsibility that God has given us. He has created us in his likeness. He's created us to worship him. And I will tell you this morning, if you will grab a hold of that and and carry that through the days of your life, the enemy came to Jesus in the wilderness as he had been come up out of the the waters and was, the Bible said that the spirit descended upon him like a dove and then he went into the wilderness being led by the spirit. Now hear me this morning, as he went into the, the wilderness, all of a sudden the enemy comes and he's been fasting for 40 days and he tests Jesus's identity. He said, if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, he's challenging his identity. And it's what happens in our lives so many times. We, 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 want, we feel like we got to get puffed up and we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I am who, you know what I mean? And, and it's all of a sudden this, oh, i got to prove who I am. But as he's challenged in his identity, he remembers his responsibility because Jesus said, I only come to do what the Father does. If I don't hear the Father do it, telling me to do it, if I don't see the Father showing me to do it, I'm not doing it. And what did he stand on in all of those moments of temptation? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He stood on the word of God, and he's the word of God made flesh. He's revealing himself, and he said, it is written. And the the amazing thing is, he gets to the end of it, and he's standing there with Satan. He's standing there with, with the enemy, and he says, it is written, you will worship the Lord thy God, and him only will you serve. Do you hear that? What happens is, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus says, Behold, I give unto you all power to tread upon serpent and scorpion, and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall hurt you, but rejoice not in this. Rejoice not in this. How many of you know sometimes that's what happens? We get focused on the wrong thing. You know, like I said, sometimes it's like, Wow, Jesus, you've given me all this power, all this ability, and it kind of puffs us up. And he says, Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice for your name is written in heaven. Remember what I've created you for. Remember you're in my likeness. Remember that I've made you to worship me. How amazing is that? That God would choose you today to be here to let you know that he loves you and he pursues you in his love to do none other than to worship him, than to do none other than to, to just magnify his worthiness. Amen? He's worthy of all that we are, all that we have to offer. He's worthy. The Bible says that, that we're, to, we're to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, and everything that we are, with everything, with everything, with every breath that we breathe, with everything we're to worship him. But we so easily get our minds and get our eyes focused on the identity and not our responsibility. You know, I was reading the other week, we were preparing for our young adults meeting and uh, it just, by the way, a little side note, it meets on every second and fourth Thursday. And I got some young adults over there, Steve and Ben and all of you guys, amazing. Now, here's the, we can do better than that. Woo! <laughs> here's why I'm announcing that, because I want you young adults. We want you, Pastor Phil believes in this age group. And I want you to know this, even 
greater than that, God believes in this age group. Most of the disciples, actually, the disciples were at this strategic age. And I believe that's why there's such a black hole in the United States today. Is because if we will, as young adults, stand up and say, God, I turn aside from all the distractions, all the cares, all the worries, all of those things, and I turn towards you, I'm telling you, God is going to move powerfully through this age. See, when you partner that with the, with the wisdom of those that have gone before you in age and in experiences, when you partner yourself with that, I'm telling you, this is because they have the, they have the wisdom. They've been down the road a little further than you. They, let's just be honest. They've got more finances and more resources than you, young people. But you have the energy and the time and the zeal and the passion. So you partner all of that together. And this, this is a movement that is unstoppable. And I'm telling you, it's ordained for this end time. That young people, you rise up. And turn, listen, we live in Orange County. It is so distracting here. You've got entertainment. You've got, I mean, the, the world is at your fingertips. You know, let's be real. You've got just the physical, I mean, it's beautiful here. But if you will turn aside from all of that and say, God, in the midst of this, I turn away from the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, and I'm a young person. I give you my life. I'm telling you what God will do in your life. No eye has seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it even entered into your imagination what God has prepared for you. I, I promise you that. He didn't move me 3,000 miles across the country because I thought it up. As a young person, I said, God, I give you my life. And he, listen, he has put me on an adventure that I couldn't have planned. And I'm telling you, worship him with everything that you've got. Worship him with everything that you've got. And so we're preparing for young adults. And I'm looking at this Matthew 18, and I'm reading down through 10 and down into 14. And they're going to put them up on the screen. And I'm, I'm, as I'm reading this, just in my devotional time, I, and you, have you ever read those scriptures where it's like you just kind of have this, you know, I, I've grown up in the church, all my, well, since I've been, well, my whole life. My grandfather was a pastor, and at the age of eight, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, knowing that I've made a lot of mistakes as disobeying my parents and telling lies. And, you know, sin is sin, right? Let's be real. Sin is sin. Disobedience to parents is the same as murder. Jesus said anything that's unbelief is sin. So I grew up in church. And so you hit those verses sometimes. You're like, yes, Lord, you know, yes, do this, accomplish that. You know, and, and all of a sudden we kind of like pin it on everybody else but ourselves, right? And I'm reading these verses and it's talking about Jesus who was sent to the lost. And let's just read them real quick and I'll kind of pick it back up on my story. And it says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, one of these little children. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels always see the face of God. Who? Their father who is in heaven. And I'm reading down over these verses. And all of a sudden I get to, I get to the next verse. And it says, uh, as they move forward, it says, For the Son of Man has come to, to save, or he's come to, to save that which was lost. And, of course, now my mind flips to, you know, the world and these people that are out doing things that we just know are ungodly. And, and you know, of course I'm saying, Lord, you know, save them. You know, do whatever it takes. And, you know, praying that religious prayer. And, and I get to the next verse and it says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine, the ninety and nine, and go to the mountains and seek out that one that is straying? And of course, and I'm praying, Lord, you know, and all of a sudden, God says to me, This is you. This is you. And listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to know that He loves you and He's pursuing you with His love. He's seeking you with His love. Just even as Corey was saying, if, you've, if you question, God, do you really love me? Take a breath of air and know that he loves you undeniably, unashamed. He loves you with everything. For God so loved the world that he gave. Listen, he has given and he has given and he pursues you and he knocks at the door of your heart today. He loves you. If you don't know him today, do not leave this place without encountering Jesus Christ with his love. He loves you 
And so I'm, I'm praying those. And listen, this is, this is, these verses are for that. But the, how many of you know the scripture speaks to you in all seasons of life and whatever you're going through? And I'm sitting there as a, as a young person, as uh, we're married. And, I'm, you know, we've, I've got, you know, the, the, the concerns of marriage. I've got, we're raising two kids, Abby and River, and that gets crazy. So you got, you know, and it's like, and God says, this is you. You've, you've given me 99. And I'm pursuing the hundredth one with all my love still. And I'm like, God, what do you mean? You're pursuing me. He says, there's areas in your life that you still need to yield over. You still need to turn them over. And I said, God, is the darkness that dark? And he said, even if it's as a shadow, it's darkness to me. And I'm there and I'm in his presence and I'm, I'm weeping. And God's like, you're concerned about your identity and you've lost your responsibility. Listen, in every area of our lives with 100% are we being responsible? See, that's what this generation hates is responsibility. We like to pin it on everybody else, but because it's stemmed from our loss of our key responsibility. And when you, when you acknowledge that key responsibility, all of a sudden, you become a responsible young person. And I'm telling you today, God wants us to be responsible for the first thing he's asked us to do, to love him and let him be only and the only Lord of your life. Love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And so I'm there praying, and, and I'm seeing that. And I almost saw it. I know in the, in the earlier service I gave an illustration, but I almost saw it as a young person. And uh, as a young person, I, I, I realized I needed Jesus as my Savior. Even like Pastor Phil had said, you know, you ever get to that place where you're just like, you know, it, God, I've tried to change my heart. I'm trying to do, oh, yeah, can we get up for Drew? Can I just say, can I just say, as we were worshiping this morning, and especially, I'll just tell you, you know, I'll be honest with you, you. If you can, I would stay for both services. God, the Spirit of God shows up in both services, believe it or not. <laughs> he was here earlier, and he's here now. But he's always different. He's always different. And I'll tell you this. The first service, the worship was just amazing. And, I mean, same in this service, too. But as, as Drew started to sing that song uh, that he started the verse out, all of a sudden, I'm just... I'm hearing all of us singing together and God's saying, I've created you for this. This is what I've created you to do. And how beautiful it is when we worship him. And so uh, thank you, Drew. Thank you, Pastor Drew. Love you guys. Give it up for Pastor Drew. God's doing big things in our generational ministries. That's all I have to say. Get your kids involved. It's going to be good. And so as a young person, eight years old, I'm, uh, you know, sitting around a campfire and I realize, Jesus, I need you in my life. Like, I have messed up big time, right? And I know I've made it kind of silly and fun, but it's, it's for real. It, sin is sin. And so I basically, you know, Jesus, I give you my life. And, of course, I, you know, I hand off all that I know to hand off. God, I give you all this stuff. And so I give it to God. And, and uh, of course, my grandfather was a pastor. And he, um, eight years old, I come to my, my grandfather, and I'm like, I'm like, Granddad, you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus at, uh, at a Royal Ranger camp. And he's like, oh, that's great, that's great, that's great what am I supposed to do now? And he's like, well, get baptized, get in water. And so, of course, that's what I do. But, you know, I go through the rest of my life, and I'm just feeling a sense that I'm up against this, you know, the spiritual walls and all of this stuff. And, God, I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to live, and I don't know how to act. And, you know, you go to school, and you get tempted by all of this stuff. And, and you know, all of a sudden, it's, of course, you're in, like, you're in your teenage years. Talk about an identity crisis, right? I mean, you're just trying to figure out what's up and who's who. And, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And so I get to a point where uh, I'm 21, and all of a sudden, God says, you've been doing it your own way for too long. 
and actually got a hold of my heart and he showed me that I was going down my road. And so finally at the point where it was basically like, Lord, I've done it long enough on my own. See, what was wrong was he wasn't Lord of my life. I knew I needed my sins forgiven, but he wasn't really Lord of my life. See, I had still said, you know, kind of scoot over Jesus. Let me share the throne with you, right? That's not what he wants. See, he wants the whole thing. So at that point, I'd been doing everything I shouldn't have been doing as a 20-year-old. When I turned 21, the Spirit of God got a hold of my life, and it was no more fun and games. See, I was afraid. I know the first service Michelle said, you know, when you get in a river, you can, you can keep under control at knee-deep, right? I can still keep. We were just at the river. We were on the Colorado River. When you get waist-deep, you can still keep it under control. You get shoulder-deep, it gets a little hard. You can fight the current a little bit. But when you let go, all of a sudden, see, the Spirit of God's a movement. He told Nicodemus that the wind blows wherever it wants to, right? The Holy Spirit blows wherever it wants to. See, what happens is as it blows, as we yield ourselves, the world sees it through you and I, right? See, I, can, I, I can't see the wind, but I can watch a napkin go by me. I, don't, I can't see the wind, but I can watch the tree move. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you and I. As he blows, we become what the world sees moving. Amen? He sees his bride. He sees us moving with him. And uh, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to hold on with everything that I had. And we were swimming, and uh, Pastor Scott and Kara, they were with, were with us, and we were trying to swim out to this object in the middle of the water. And, and you know, the crazy thing was we were all kind of afraid to get out there because you just don't know what's going to happen whenever you let go of the bottom, right? And the water's 66 degrees, and I'm like, I think hypothermia has already set in. So in my mind, I'm thinking, if I let go, I'm just going to freeze and be a block of ice, and I'm just going to go down. But I let go. And you know what? I swam, and Drew's trying to tell me where the object is, and I can't find it. But in the midst of that, God's saying, this is what it's like when you stay in a place where you trust me with everything that you are. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking at that, as an eight-year-old handing him what I thought was all of me, I still had some stuff that he needed to work through. But as we get to the place where we finally say, you know what, God, you're Lord of my life. Sometimes it happens fast, right? So you, he says, hey, what do you got in the backpack? Oh, you know, it's just, it's just my career. It's just my career, God. I just got my career here. But it's okay. I think I got it under control, right? I got it under control. I think I can handle this. See, what happens is our responsibility is to worship him. But what we do many times is we walk away from our encounter with God, and we shoulder what we're to be leaving with him, Right? We shoulder it. We're like, ah, no, you know what, Jesus? I think I got this salvation thing figured out. I thank you for the encounter, but I'm good. Right? He's like, wait, wait, you were supposed to leave that with me. It's like, I'm the only one that can forgive. I'm the only one that can save you. Right? So he says, what do you got in the bag? Oh, you know, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm tired of being single. Right? I'm just, I'm tired of going through life single. You know, it's just my, it's just my spouse. You know, it's just a person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. But I think I got this one. I think I got this one. Right? Is this not what we do? You know, you grow older and you're like, oh, you know what? We're pregnant now. You know, we got kids coming. It's crazy. You know, there's emotions. There's, whoa, this is. But you know what? I'm good. I got this. Right? And we go through and our career and our retirement. And listen, just name whatever it would be. And Jesus is like, 
want to help you. The Bible says, cast all of your cares upon him because he's the one who cares. See, we think we care, and we keep trying to hold on to it, right? We care about it. Oh, we care about this stuff. And then what the, what's the world going to think if, they, if, they, if it even appears that I'm out of control? If I give it over to Jesus, what are they going to say? But what happens when we come? I want you to see this today. I've got five minutes left. When we come and we say, you know what? I'm not going to just give you 99%. I'm giving you all 100% of me, everything that I am, everything that I would ever face, every challenge, every trial, every difficulty. You know what? Because what we do is we think ahead of it, and we start worrying about it, right? We don't even get it. We don't even give God a chance of coming to the cross. We're like, oh, man, I'm getting married. I'm going to hold on to this one. Oh, yeah, I need a place to live in. I'm going to hold on to this one. Oh, I need a career. I'm going to hold. We start worrying about it way far ahead, and God's like, man, just cast it up. You worry about today. It's enough. And so what we need to do is, Jesus, I give you all that I am, all of it, right? All of it, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. Oh, there's a candy bar in there. And a Clippers ball. And when we do that, right, because that's what he's wanted us to do. That's our responsibility. That's worship. Whenever we stay, because the enemy wants you to say, hey, what are you going to do about that? Hey, what are you going to do about that? Hey, now what are you going to do about this one? Oh, oh, you think you're saved. But if we'll let God shoulder what his shoulders can shoulder, and we stay in a place of worship, God will set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom in this place this morning. He said, cast every care upon me because I am the one who cares. You think you care about it, right? He cares about it so much more. He cares about it. He even said, I know the hope and the future and the success I have for you in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He said, I know what I've planned for you. No eye has seen nor has ear heard. It isn't even entered into your imagination. And we keep trying to hold on to it, thinking that it's going to grow and it's going to be great and grand, right? But when we give it to God, he shows up and he does miracles in it and makes it amazing. And the world says, wow, I see the Father in you and your light shining like a pillar of light to God. That's worship. You become an instrument of worship in your lifestyle and in the words you say and in the actions that you have when you live that way. Amen? Amen. When you live that way, we try to do what God's supposed to do. We, you see what happens? We do his job and what job's he supposed to do? And he's just sitting back there. But the thing is, he's crying for you. His love is pursuing you all along. He's there if we would just turn and face him and consent to him because as you know, the shepherd went out and it said that the sheep was straying. That's us. That's what we do. We're just, we just keep straying along, just gathering all of this stuff, gathering it up and all along the good shepherd's pursuing us in his love and he's going over mountain and he's going under valley and he's through river and through stream and through hail and through snow and through wind and through rain, whatever it is. He's turning over rocks. He's pursuing you. And finally, when the shepherd gets to the sheep, maybe the sheep is a little tattered and wore out, and, but he's still giving it all he can, right? He, I mean, almost like army crawling away, like, ah, I'm still good, I'm still good. And the shepherd finally bends and picks him down, bends down and picks up the sheep. And I thought, what is the sheep's job in all this, God? Why? Why? Like the shepherd has done so much. He's come so far. He's, you know, pursued with his love. Like, what's the sheep? What's his role in all of this? Consent. 
Because the Bible says that the shepherd puts the sheep on his shoulder and he goes back and he gets the other 90 and 9 and there's a rejoicing and a party. When we keep 100% turned over to God and we face him, we had learned while we were out at the staff retreat, if you want to act like Jesus, look at Jesus, you'll act like Jesus. But we're even afraid to just look at him, right? We're afraid to even just look at him and just even to behold I'm telling you if, you, if you will push that feeling aside and just say, God, you know what? I'm so afraid to look at you, but I'm still going to look on you. David said this in the Old Testament. Lord, there's one thing that I desire, and there's one thing that I seek after, that I may behold you in your temple, that I may behold you in your dwelling place. And it went on to say, the Lord, you said to seek my face, and my heart said your face I will seek. See, it's got to come from the depths. We said there's a, there's a river that's going to burst up within you. Jesus said there's a, a stream of living water that's going to burst up within you. See, when you get into that place, all of a sudden, all that junk and all that garbage you've been trying to hold down and hold on to and just keep it together just comes bursting out. Just comes bursting out. The Holy Spirit comes in and pours. Guess what? Everything that doesn't look like him just comes bubbling out. Comes bubbling out. What happens is we try to work it up ourselves and conjure it up ourselves and doctor it up ourselves, but it's like behold God, worship God, let his spirit come in and just push everything that doesn't look like him out of the way. Yeah. I'll tell you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that in the, in the place of perfection, see, we only see dimly. We only see dimly right now, Paul was saying. But he said, when that which is perfect comes, that which is imperfect is done away with. See, when you stand in the place of God's presence, you're in perfection. You are in perfection. And so the imperfections get out of the way. Do you see that? When you worship him with all that you are, heart, soul, mind, and strength, 100%. Listen, I'm telling you, what happens is all of a sudden you'll get, you'll, the light will shine into an area. Don't hide it from him. That's okay. Sometimes all of it comes out at once, but sometimes it's this, it's this process of you just, God, let your light go deeper. God, let your presence go deeper. Let your Holy Spirit, yes, dig into that closet. I'm, you know, I don't even want you to see it, but the thing is he already knows it's there, Right? He already knows what's in that closet. So as you say, God, just go in it and clean it out, all of a sudden, it just keeps bubbling out. As we consent and as we worship him, that's what happens. The perfect comes, the imperfect goes away from him. And listen, God loves you. God loves you. This is our time. When we were there, Corey said one amazing thing that struck me. He said, we are all in an internship for God's eternal purpose in our lives. When you see it that way, it doesn't matter if you're singing worship on the stage or if you're back stacking chairs. And I'll tell you, I've done both of them. It's actually a little easier to stack chairs. But we're all in a place of, of internship for the presence of God, for the eternity. And so just let's worship him with all that we have, amen? We've got a video that uh, we're going to watch of a family that was touched by just what God's been doing here at Influence Church. And I really want you to watch this, and I want you to take some, just, just hear what they have to say. And uh, the band, of course, is coming, so turn your eyes to the screen. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Megan, and we've been married for nine years. And we too struggle with the invisible war. I would say as a family, a lot of the struggles come down to, like how do you prioritize your faith? How do you prioritize, you know, living for each other and, and really trying to really find a positive way to impact each other's lives without the obstacles that you see day in and day out impacting you, right? I mean, I look at, 
our family dynamics in particular, and you know, really both raised as as believers, both raised in Christ, but there was still a different dynamic and a different value system that we were raised with. So, like coming to the table, really creating our own value system um, was difficult because you know then you had to find something that we both agreed on. It took us probably a year and a half to find a church. Uh, we attended probably eight different churches um, over the course of that year and a half. We just never felt welcomed um, until we walked through the front doors of Influence Church and immediately felt like we were a part of something. And um, we've never turned back. It's, it's definitely our home and we feel comfortable raising our boys. If you really wanted to make something a priority and, and really you, you have to prioritize your faith, you have to prioritize one another, it's just really easy to get caught up in the obstacles of, I would just say, living your life, right? Like wanting to do the best you can for your family through work or, or wanting to, to really try to focus in on providing for your children. It's not always easy being the best or the greatest family. We definitely have our struggles from time to time. We just, uh, we try our best to make it a priority and utilize all the tools possible that we have to us. Uh, the church is our greatest tool. Um, just doing our best to attend on a weekly basis and, and be a part of something bigger. The church uh, has brought a lot to our family and, and grown us spiritually, all of us. You know, God is always going to be a part of your relationship and, and all you have to do is seek Him out and, and that you will find clarity, you will find answers. And really understanding that I think has made us stronger um, I would say the tools of, of the church, the community group, and just like reflection and, and, and knowing that there's other people that are going through it that are, are also believers and that knowing you just have just somebody else to call and, and they're also a part of the church. And so it just makes it easier to feel like there's someone that understands you and, and is there for you, um, extending a hand, extending a thought. And, and that's been very helpful to me I think, as a resource for overcoming any obstacles that we face as a family.
Maybe this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you were saying, you know, Pastor, I just felt like I was back way at the beginning when you talked about Jesus just coming for those that are lost. I'm, I'm, I'm at that spot, Pastor. Would you pray with me this morning? I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I sense the, the good shepherd is pursuing my life today with love, and I don't know what to do from this point on. Well, let me tell you what to do if that's you. I want you to right now, as the band is just playing, I want you to pray a prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender all that I am to you. Father God, for you so loved, you sent him. And he died and he rose again so that I can take my rightful place as a son, as a daughter, and your eternal family. God, I take that place today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for pursuing me with your love. God, now let your love so permeate every area and aspect of my life that all that doesn't look like you is dispersed and all of your goodness fills all that I'm able to contain in Jesus Christ's name.